You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this episode is hosted by both Angelica and Giandra. In our first episode segment, we bring on actor Rain Edwards. You have seen her in the Amazon series called The Wilds, and if you have not checked it out, you need to go ahead and watch it because it is a fantastic series about a group of teen girls that are stranded on an island, unaware that they are part of an elaborate social experiment. Rain's character suffers from an eating disorder as she's constantly trying to fit in the mold of a perfect athlete. So definitely check out Rain Edwards. She's done tons of other projects. She was last seen in the FX series Snowfall and the CBS series MacGyver. She's been nominated for four Emmy Awards back when she was on The Bold and The Beautiful. So that segment is hosted by none other than Giandra. In our second segment, Angelica interviews publicist and media sensation India Icy Wright. Now, if you're not on the tech app called Clubhouse, that's okay. It's in beta right now. Eventually, it's going to go public. But right now, it is the app that everybody is currently addicted to. For iPhone users that are currently on it, you know what I'm talking about. India Icy Wright is part of the team that helped bring the viral sensation The Lion King musical on Clubhouse. So they actually created a musical on this audio drop-in chat app called Clubhouse and allowed all of these listeners to hear a Broadway musical on this app to be listened to, which was fantastic. And it went viral, not only on the app, but it went viral on Twitter and everybody was talking about it. So we're excited and happy to have India talk to us about how she put it together. And that segment is hosted by none other than Angelica. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Thank you. We are here. The day is finally here. After months and months of hard work, <laughs> the world finally gets to see it. How do you feel today? It's it's surreal in a way. And I think um, because of like the circumstances, part of it feels real with like part of it doesn't, you know, because we're all at home. But um, just seeing the love on social media is really, really cool. So it's exciting. That's awesome. I when I reflect back, I've watched the whole series before from, from beginning to the end. And I thought about Rachel a lot and what there's a lot to unpack with her from being super competitive, but insecure, but stubborn, 
and and just a little argumentative and she's a very very complex character what are you most proud of with what you've done with rachel and bringing her to life i think i'm most proud of showing her heart i think in my episode you actually get to open her up and see her beyond this tough exterior that she has and see everything that she struggles with um a lot of times when you meet someone on the surface, there's, you know, what, what you meet on the surface and you don't really know what's deeper than that. And that at their core, they're actually just someone that needs help or someone that is yearning for love. You know, there's, a, I love the complexity that I got to play with Rachel and that I hope it came across really well. It really, it really, really did. And just the way she interacts, not only with her sister character, but her fellow sisters on the island and how they navigate this sort of new rebirth trauma, all these things kind of encapsulated into to one experience and to see how she grows throughout the season has been really, really mesmerizing about her. This series has the potential to be another one of those groundbreaking series with strong women cast, strong women behind the camera. With uh, with knowing that the audience is going to be familiar with that as they tune into the series, do you feel like almost a, a torch carrier or progressing, you know, young Hollywood into the next level? What are your thoughts on being a part of such a strong woman cast and, and crew and overall creative process? I'm honored. I, it's 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 such a surreal experience to be a part of something like that. Um, I think for me, I always talk about women standing in their power, whether, you know, it's on set or like just in my day-to-day -day life, I think it's so important. And I love that I get to play a character that shows, that shows that. And through these characters, you see the brokenness, but then them standing in power. And I think that that's so cool. So I, I'm, I'm just very honored. And I don't think anybody takes it lightly that works on this series. When uh, before I was c coming to talk to you this morning, I did a little dive on your social, and I saw a video that you posted when you got to see the yourself on the side of the building. I mean, that's no small feat. When you see yourself at the side of a building, what's the first thing you look at? Do you think, God, my nose looks huge on the side <laughs> of a building? <laughs> what's the first thing you look at? Honestly, I just. I took it all in and I was in awe and I just had to thank God. It's, it's been a long time, you know, coming. I've been doing this since I was a kid. So thank you, Jesus. And also, I mean, I was just like, well, we look huge. Like that's, that's kind of what it was. It was like, you literally, we look like giants. And um, I think that that's so cool though. Cause like in LA, you always go through, you know, sunset and these different streets and to see my face along with all these other amazing women up there. It's just something to be in awe of. I was really just in awe of seeing that. I didn't really necessarily focus on my nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just happy to see us all up there. And it's remembering what that photo shoot was like, like, is just really cool to see. I mean, you are giants in a sense. Each uh, one of your characters really represent a lot of us. 
You know, I see a lot of myself and Rachel and, and being an athlete when I was a kid and, and the struggles that come with that and all of the other characters for what they represent in terms of personalities and things. When you look at now giant Rachel on the side of this building, what does giant Rachel tell or giant rain tell little, little rain who is just starting out and getting oh, going? Wow. In terms of of staying the course or or just anything. Gotta get you there. And you don't have to be perfect. I think that I still to this day am working for those things. And I think that's maybe why I was able to give that to Rachel in learning actually from playing. I was just talking with my friend this morning about how playing Rachel helped me realize some of the things that I thought I got over that I was still like, oh, you haven't gotten over on this level yet or in this way yet. And I I would just tell myself, it's all going to be okay. And you can just breathe, like just take a breath, keep going. It's okay to be determined. You are a very determined person and that's great, but there's a difference between determination and perfectionism. So I, I would definitely tell my younger self that. When you work with a, a large ensemble cast like this, how has this made you grow as an actress, as a performer? Because there's a lot of moving parts that go into a show like this, not just the, the dialogue, but the physical rigors, the isolation from filming somewhere else. How has this made you evolve? I always, when I step on set, I look at the other actors around me. I think that um, when you're in a position to work, you know, as often as I have, which I'm really grateful for, that's the way that you continue to learn. You know, you don't necessarily, if you're in New Zealand, I can't go meet with my acting coach or like, you know, time difference, all this stuff. So um, I, I do my best to learn from the people around me and to have such powerhouse actresses around me it does cause you to grow it does cause you to evolve you always see different things and how people portray their characters um i know that like even just from having a twin sister so i got to work really closely with helena and helena is an amazing actress the way that she has her nuances and uh thoughts like it's just it was really cool to be surrounded by different people i could learn from and pick up on different things and how they carry themselves and in their scenes so it definitely causes you to grow especially with the cast this big you have like a like seven different acting teachers (laughs) absolutely so now today is friday for those you know essential people and people who are out in the workforce today they're going to come settle in on the weekend and now we have the wilds. So if you had to describe the wilds for them in three words, how would you describe it? Three words. Thrilling, adventurous, intense. <laughs> it definitely is. I, <laughs> I think of my, I went into it cold. I didn't watch any trailers. Mm-hmm. I wanted a complete fresh point of view just because it was such a women driven cast. I didn't want any thoughts of what I thought it might be about. And honestly, I was riveted just each week. I'm glad I got to see it all. Everybody else won't get to see it all, <laughs> but it was just, I, I knocked it out pretty easy in like a day and a half because it was excellent. And thank you for your time, your performance. It's a marvelous series, very innovative and creative. And I love what you contributed to it. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time to have me on your platform. Um, I really appreciate it. And it's really important for all the young black women out there um, and just black kids in general. It's really great to see. So thank you.
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rain. A pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica. And joining me today is a very special guest. She is an award-winning media professional based out of the D.C. area. She's one of the people that helped bring to you the viral sensation, The Lion King Clubhouse. Please welcome India Icy Wright. Hi, India, or Icy. What's your preference? Icy, absolutely. Icy. All right, we're going to call you that then. All right, Icy, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite sites. Oh, oh, awesome. Thank you. Well, you know what? You're one of us. You're a Black girl nerd, so I had to bring you on. <laughs> so we're going to definitely get into it later on in the episode, but I, I just want to talk about this. So <laughs> the Lion King Clubhouse was probably... It was a gem for me. It was my highlight of my clubhouse experience. Um, That makes me so happy. So you were able to make it in the room. Oh, yeah, I was there. I was there for the full two hours. (laughs) So excited because that that was one of the the most popular feedback was people couldn't get in after a certain point. We like broke the app. So, (laughs) yes, you did. You did. You broke it. I, I didn't make the five o'clock Eastern. So someone was like, hey, there's an eight o'clock showing. So I and I was still running late. Like, I think I got in like 10 minutes late mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't get in at first. And then I said someone had to drop out. So I was like, please, someone drop out by accident because I got a phone call. <laughs> so like, please it your Wi-Fi break. Like, <laughs> yes, please, just something happened. And so it worked out. I got in and I was in for the rest of the night. So I've got most of the production. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And then we, we tried to, well, the producer, Noelle, she tried to account for that for people that may not get in right at the start time. So there definitely was like um, audio playing during that time, a nice long intro, some intro music. Um so to account for the people that got in maybe 10 or 15 minutes after the start time. So hopefully you didn't miss too much. No, I, when I got there and we'll talk about this, but I got there, there was still the, the curtains, the curtains were still up. So, (laughs) so, you know, so we're definitely going to talk about the Lion King clubhouse, but let's talk about icy for a second. So how did icy become icy? How did you get into the game essentially? Wow. So I have a very interesting story, but the fast version is um, growing up in DC, you know, black family, single parent, I was raised by my aunt. You know, one of the things that was always taught to me was to get like a really good job, you know, go to college, you know, do something in government maybe, or even related to health. Um, I've always been an artist. Um, by hobby, but it wasn't something that was necessarily like nourished in my household. And so I ended up working on um, the oldest bank in Washington. I was the youngest commercial banker there. And then I became a deputy clerk at the Superior Court and I made a lot of money, but I wasn't very happy. Um, (laughs) And I really wanted to do work that fulfilled me. So I randomly quit, no backup plan, no money saved. I was like, I gotta get out of here. the the craziest thing happened. I wrote a story about it for the Huffington Post about my decision to quit. And, you know, because a lot of people gave me feedback about how that was a really dumb decision. And my article Mm. got me on the Steve Harvey show. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Two weeks after quitting with no plan, I ended up in Chicago on the Steve Harvey show with him and um, 
Mark Cuban from Shark Tank and Magic Johnson. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it was the most random thing. It was, <laughs> and they basically were pouring into people um, that wanted to make that transition. Steve Harvey had just published his book called Jump. And Mm -hmm. the timing worked out like they were advocating the book and they were looking for people that had testimonies and they saw my article. Um, Long story short, uh, I've always wanted to use my gifts to serve others in some way. Um, For other people like me that were creative but didn't know how to start their business or get the word out or, you know, sustain what they were doing. And I'm like, well, I have all this experience in it in addition to being a creative, why don't I just help people make that transition? And so that's how my company Artist House was started by working with my friends who did work in creative spaces. I went to an art high school and helping them transition their career. So my musician friends, I was getting them gigs consistently. I was getting them in front of media and I was like, wait, I'm kind of good at this. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I've been doing that for the past few years. And um, that's basically how I got started by taking a leap of faith um, and teaching everyone else what I learned in that process. Awesome. Yeah, that is an unusual uh, story, but it's just, it just shows that you're blessed. You know, who quits a job in two weeks and ends up on the Steve Harvey show? Who does it that? It was you? the most random series of events. Like, I, I never would have predicted that that would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody up there likes you. So. Yeah. <laughs> but when, I do want to say, though, because one of the things people think is, oh, when you went on the show, like, did you get a lot of money? I was like, well, no. Mm-hmm. I, um, we did get $1,000. Everybody in the audience got $1,000. And the stipulation was that we couldn't use it to pay bills. Um, like I said, because I had no money saved, I definitely paid my rent. Um <laughs> Like, what you say, Steve? I, I got these bills. I like, I understand. You know, they're like, "Oh, yo, get your LLC or get your website done." I'm like, "No, I'm gonna pay this rent and keep a roof over my head." But you know, through trial and error and and the kindness of the people in my life, I was able to get through that hump of transitioning into having my own business and entrepreneurship. And the opportunity slowly came consistently. So, yeah, I'm really fortunate in that way. All right. And here you are. And we are happy to see it. Also, we went to the same college. We went to Dell State. So shout out hey, to the Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> Hornet pride. <laughs> I definitely was. Um, they had. I'm not sure what year you graduated, but there definitely was like um, a Hornet pride <laughs> team at every game. And we were like the hype men. And it was a really good time. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So full disclosure, I did not get a chance to graduate, but I did. That's one of my best years of going to Dell State. Ended up like you, you you know, you're, you went to commercial banking. I kind of basically dropped out of school to work full time in finance. Gotcha. Um, so a little bit about me, but hey, I still spent two years there. So oh, I got the full feel. I didn't get my degree <laughs> from Dell State either. I definitely came back home after, gosh, how long was I there? uh a year and a half maybe okay yeah no no no. I did no no I, I did my sophomore year there and then I came okay. back home because it got too expensive so yeah we're definitely, definitely like in that way <laughs> it's still a good experience so shout out <laughs> shout out yeah, to, to HBU Delphi. experience is something that cannot be replicated like mm-hmm. so right now currently I am the chapter organizer for the DC chapter of Harvard Business School online Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, I just got 
this opportunity a few weeks ago. So I'm going to be planning my first event next month for um, the chapter members. I'm probably going to do like a meet and greet. But there definitely is a major difference from the PWI and the HBCU experience as far as like um, how they connect socially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more about like business where HBCU is more fun. But I'm definitely um, going to enjoy like bringing some more fun opportunities to that space and seasoning it up a little bit. Right. Add, add the HBU, HBCU field to it. I think, and I think that's also why a lot of people who aren't people of color go to HBCUs. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a different experience altogether. Absolutely. Um, and I don't regret my time there at all. Uh, so let's get into the main event. Tell me how the Lion King Clubhouse bit, like came about. Uh, you know, who was involved? How did you get involved? I mean, I I was blown away by it. So I just want to know all about it now at this point. It's such an interesting story. So the lovely Noelle Chestnut Whitmore, who is the executive producer and director for this event, she literally was just in a room with other people on the Clubhouse app, which, as you know, Mm. is an invite-only app where you can network and you can play games and have fun. And they were just having a random fun conversation. Somebody entered the chat, and his name is Chris Boogie Glover. And the second (laughs) he opened his mouth, she said, wait a minute, why do you sound like Mufasa? And (laughs) the next thing you know, someone else in the room, his name is Miles Greer, started reciting Simba's lines. And then Chris started reciting Mufasa's lines. Of course, not verbatim. They were just going off of what they remembered, but most Black folk Mm -hmm. remember it verbatim. And after that exchange, she just had the idea. She's like, oh my God, like we have to do a production. We should like literally have auditions and make this happen. And so from there, it scaled to a full cast and crew. 40 actors, there's some narrators, um, mm-hmm. the PTR gang, a whole uh, band of musicians, and a choir. <laughs> Just off of that yeah. one random chat on Clubhouse one night. Oh, yeah. And I, I saw that, you know, uh, the rumor is because like, this kind of was a surprise to a lot of us. Like I didn't find out to the day of and just uh, just from my experience as a user on Clubhouse. So I was actually on the phone with one of my friends um, and we were kind of like talking. He was like, oh, man, the Lion King Clubhouse has like 5K people. And I was like, what? Because I've never seen a group that big before. It was always like the most I've seen was like maybe a 1,000, 1,200. So I was like 5,000. Whoa. But by the time you brought it to my attention, it was at the end. So it was the first it was the matinee, essentially. Um, so the capacity for rooms on Clubhouse stands at 4,999. Oh, where both rooms at their peak were at 5.9k how did how did that even work (laughs) they're like like, extra people were coming in the room and that's why a lot of people were getting like a user error we broke the server Mm -hmm. for the app so (laughs) yes i heard (laughs) i heard yes we we broke the record for the room capacity um i think up until this point, the room that had ever had the most people was that academics and Meek Mill room. Um, <laughs> I was in there. <laughs> <laughs> but up until that point, no other room had even come close to the capacity. So 
it was it was a really exciting thing like we we were hoping for a good turnout but we definitely um couldn't have predicted that and then as far as my involvement like I said like I started my business specifically to serve creatives creatives of color underserved Mm -hmm. especially and a friend of mine named Teddy who happens to be in the choir for the Lion King and he led um Circle of Life I was in a room with him and he randomly mentioned it. He's like, oh, I see. Are you going to come to our Lion King event? I'm like, what Lion King event? He's like, yeah, we're doing mm. like Lion King. We're going to have a whole play. I'm like, that's so cool. And I'm like, I didn't hear about this. And he's like, oh, yeah, we haven't really like done anything to advertise it. I'm like, no, no, no. Someone needs to advertise this. Yeah. And um, so I reached out to figure out, you know, who would be the person to talk to. And I, that's how I got introduced to Noel. And I just told him, like, listen, I would love if you would give me the opportunity to spearhead the press and engagement around this. Because the fact that you were able to organize 40 strangers across four countries internationally to mm. participate in this fun event during a time where so many people are having a hard year. Like, I lost my mom earlier this year. Um, sorry to hear that thank you it's okay but like something during the holiday season to bring joy mm-hmm. to others I would love to help you tell this story and control the narrative because one thing I predicted from my experience in PR I predicted that if you know the word did get out about this event that the app would get all the credit and yes I didn't want that to happen. and we saw that oh yeah and and, and- <laughs> We saw that um, when um, when it started to go viral, and I noticed that it was like trending number one um, on Twitter. Uh, I think the first you know uh, uh, media outlet to 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 break it was TMZ, and they basically credited Clubhouse. And I was like, I don't think that's right. And I <laughs> you know? corrected them because we're not doing yeah. that. I made them change it. I I, I was down their throat about it because the narrative is so important when we talk about people of color in these spaces and intellectual property while these are not people that work for Disney these are people that worked very hard to bring this event Mm -hmm. to life and so for me I just felt it was important that that be celebrated yeah absolutely and I did notice um, basically it was everyone involved was a person of color. Um, A lot of the people behind it, as far as like the production women, the director, a woman. So it was just all credit is due. Right. Um, And thank you for making that correction. I saw that tweet. I see. I think I didn't see that. (laughs) You're like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah, they better change it. It was not just the tweet. I was on their Skype because I used to correspond for TMZ Live. So like I Skyped them and everything. Like, listen, Mm. this needs to change now. And so they do. All right. Because one thing about people on her wait around, <laughs> you have to champion for the underserved. You have to, because so often there's this erasure of these small, you know, independent creatives that have their ideas stolen for them or replicated, mm-hmm. or you know, basically appropriated, and they just need somebody to advocate for them. And I'm definitely ready at all times to advocate advocate for my folks that are doing beautiful things like this. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, it kind of, you know, The Lion King, when you think about the film and how much it means to people, if you think about the voice cast behind that product, that film, it was a majority white cast. (laughs) So knowing that these, and it's it's a story based out of Africa and based on Hamlet, but based out of Africa. So seeing or hearing, I should say, actors who are of color, Black, voicing these characters 
was amazing. It's a nice like, change, right? Even what a lot of people don't realize is, um, so in the beginning of Circle of Life, that actor, he was from Johannesburg, South Africa. Mm. So it was very authentic. He understood the language. He got the accent right. There were so many people that contributed their time. Um, a lot of people didn't realize that Zoo was Gina Belafonte, who was Harry Belafonte's daughter, um, yes. Felicia Braithwaite. Like, there were so many people behind this just for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just for fun. But that that's my favorite part about it, that it was all people of color. Yeah. And like you said, for fun, because I, I actually, when I was in um, the room, I had a group chat going with my friends that were also in it. And we were just amazed. And we're like, oh, yeah, they're getting paid for this. Because like, it, it was a full production. Like, we didn't know you guys did this for fun. And we thought this was, like, a sponsored event. You guys are getting paid for this. And it turns out this is all for free, all for your enjoyment, all for the enjoyment of the audience. Um, and it was just, it's the day after Christmas. So it just kind of, uh, especially for me, I, I'm a millennial. I grew, you know, I, my dad took me to see The Lion King when I was four. Yes. So, <laughs> so just having that just brought, some Christmas joy, some joy to our lives, even for just two hours. Um, and I really appreciated that. And also it was genius. Like um, I didn't even realize you had to PTR, right? Cause I didn't miss the first couple minutes. And so when I realized you PTRs and for those who don't aren't on clubhouse, that means pull to refresh. So when you're in the app, you have to pull to refresh, refresh so you can see the speakers. Um, and you guys were changing your profile pictures, essentially the PTR team to reflect every scene so it's like almost like you're watching the film you have these visuals and then you're hearing it so it was just it was awesome that's all I can say into it Angelica so for the PCR team there was a cast of six people so (laughs) Noelle hosted (laughs) auditions for the PTR people too like oh really (laughs) it was literally a room of people auditioning for a chance to be in the PTR team and they she literally was calling out different times for them to like change their avi and she would see who was on point with it who was changing it who was keeping up and that's how she found her six people to participate in the event and help paint and you know basically handle the set design for this Mm -hmm. audio production like it was just genius yeah, it's, it's unprecedented. And then for those that aren't, you know, as we said, Club, Clubhouse is currently private and beta development invite only. Um, so I think only about 600,000 people are actually registered to use it. So not everyone got to enjoy. I mean, 5,000 people is a lot. Like that's a full theater when you think about butts and seats. I realize. So like between the two shows, we broke over 10K people. Up, yeah. up, some of the biggest Broadway venues only hold at max 1900 so exactly they were able to do digitally from different places and trying to keep that audio in sync is like so impressive to me like even though I was welcomed into this fold and I'm I'm a part of the family now even me I was in the audience and all like wow like (laughs) I can't believe this is happening, especially for all of us who grew up on this movie. It was so nostalgic mm-hmm. hearing those parts. Yeah, and we were quoting, I was quoting along with it, you know, like, ooh, Mufasa, I was doing all that. Do it again, do it again. And you know who nailed the hyenas? They got the last, I'm like, it's like straight out the film, like, amazing. My favorite tweets were about, the hyenas laugh and um Rafiki's laugh. They were literally like having debates on Twitter about whose laugh was better. 
Like the, the memes for me were everything. Like seeing people retweet about the event, seeing the the celebrities in particular, of course, the celebrities of color that were in mm-hmm. the event and that gave feedback. To see Questlove say he liked it better than the original, that melts right. my heart. <laughs> Yeah, and Ava DuVernay, she was tweeting. I saw it. I saw it all. It was I because I love Twitter. Like Clubhouse is like Black Twitter audio for me. It so I love is they both go hand in hand. So like you're in Clubhouse, but you're also on Twitter, like looking at the feed. So I saw it all. Yeah, the voices were great. Um, I I actually was hashtagging before it was. I looked like another hashtag was singing Simba because your your singing Simba was killing Elon it. Elon is a monster. That scatting he does at the end of Akuna Matata gets me every time. <laughs> I told him I need that as a ringtone. <laughs> Somebody did a yeah. with um a picture of Jason Weaver from Sister Act Two, and they were like, "Are you listening to Club uh, Lion King on Clubhouse, Jason? Because you could never." I'm like, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> he was giving me Jason Weaver because I was like, "That's not Jason Weaver," you know. <laughs> like, but he said that's his inspiration, and that's part of the reason he got into singing was because he's such a big Jason Weaver fan. So like, he's definitely honored by all the attention he's been getting from this. Everyone is super humble. And yeah really like moved by the response yeah it was like I said you know for those that don't know you literally you get in this room there's a, a quote-unquote stage with speakers and then everybody else is in the quote audience and for this it was for each person that was playing a character whether they're the singing double or if they were the actual voice actor that actually did the dialogue there's a picture of that um and then the director you can see like you can see like the director and they had their own little avi um as you said, with the PTR team, they were showing like the imagery of the film. You saw the choir, just like a real Broadway film or I'm sorry, Broadway play where you see the orchestra, yeah. y- you know, you, you see the choir, you see all of that. So to see that digitally, as you said, it was it was just cool. It was just it's revolutionary what happened. And I just want to know, are we going to see more? You are absolutely going to see more. So the EP, Noelle Chestnut Whitmore, is amazing. Um, She's actually not new to event production. She worked on the production team for Sunday Service, um, Kanye's event at Coachella, and for a few other um, organizations. And so with this, you know, new collective she's starting on the Clubhouse app, she definitely wants to do more. Um, People have been asking for an encore, so... We're going to have to see if that ends up happening. I think based on the response <laughs> everyone yeah. has been giving, I'm pretty sure she's going to do another one. Um, and I, I'm glad you asked that because one of the common misconceptions in addition to people thinking that this was Clubhouse sponsored or that, you know, they got paid for this. A lot of people are believe that Noelle is behind the Hamilton production that people have been talking about in Antigone. Um, those are not hmm. her events. Um a lot of people now are trying to do, basically trying to replicate, you know, the the trend that she started, which is to be expected because it was so, like, innovative and groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of people trying to do that. There was an article, I think, yesterday where they're doing a um, musical of Ratatouille on TikTok. Um, mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so a lot yeah. of the, um, chatter that's been circulating that those aren't her events. But I think you're, the world is definitely going to see more coming out of her. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of more coming out of somebody, that's not it wrong. Uh, <laughs> that was a terrible segue. Uh, <laughs> Even after I said it, I was like, ooh, that didn't sound good. <laughs> no, then I, I ran with it and ran the, the, worst, the worst possible direction. So it was both of us. So we'll both, both take responsibility for that terrible segue. Uh, <laughs> but... I noticed, I see, so, you know, you know, you're involved with PR and Clubhouse, but you're also an active user on Clubhouse, and I noticed you're moderating a few groups, so tell me about, you know, since we're talking about Clubhouse, tell me about your experience with the app. So, my experience on the app has been very positive. Um, Mm -hmm. I've definitely been able to contribute in spaces that I feel a lot of other social networking sites don't give you that level of access. And I think Mm -hmm. something about building relationships and hearing someone's voice, it makes the experience more personal as opposed to sending a text or something that can be misinterpreted because you don't hear those voice inflections when they're speaking. You don't know if they're being warm or condescending or Mm -hmm. sarcastic sometimes. And, um, especially in business it's real easy to brush things off um when you're getting like a million dms a day if you're somebody like a damon john or um or ava duvernay right but Mm -hmm. i think this really kind of bridges the gap between certain people in these industries and and being able to come in and see what everyone else is working on i've been in rooms with like small indie producers and ava duvernay randomly pops in and like listens to what they're doing and what they're working Mm. on or I'll be in A&R rooms where Joe Budden will be on stage talking about, you know, 360 deals and giving insight that people usually pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for at these conferences, you know, with it being, I think it's the perfect time for this too, with a lot of people depending on where you are in the world, still in in the house, like, you know, UK, they're Mm -hmm. in um, tier four right now. So they're completely shut down. You know, I've been able to build relationships here and across the pond with people that probably wouldn't have happened without Clubhouse. So I love the app a lot and I'm really enjoying moderating because my passion is helping people and teaching them. And so mm-hmm. I, I use um these rooms and these clubs on um Clubhouse to help do that. Like to just teach people media or like for people that can't afford a publicist how to get into these outlets and how to bring attention to what they're working on. It's it's been really fun for me. And I've I've made a couple dollars moderating a few rooms <laughs> for people. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It is, I mean, all social media can be monetized in one way or the other. So we are right. not mad at that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Especially because, you know, they talk about the demographics in the town hall. Um Clubhouse is actually majority black. So we're uh, Yeah. We're keeping We've infiltrated. <laughs> We've infiltrated because um, our editor, shout out to Jamie Broadnecks, she actually uh, was on the app in July. So she's been around for a while. And she said when she was first there, it was really like Silicon Valley. I mean, it's created by Silicon yeah. Valley guys, right? That's so exactly she said it was made. Yeah, so it's basically tech guys, and you know, let's be honest, a group of white guys in rooms. And then um, soon as black folks got the invite. <laughs> yep. They came and took over. Came and took over. So that's why I said it's like the audio black Twitter for me. Um, It's it's a lot of noise. Um, And, you know, like the Lion King, I really enjoyed the rooms that I've been in with you. Um, I believe I was in the microaggressions room with you yesterday. And, you know, you. Yeah. That was a heavy one. That was a heavy. I just bought a little. I just made my little comment about you know listening to opposing sides and being compassionate and you know leaving at that. Um, 
but I appreciate people that can hold space and that it's productive because, uh, you know, depending on where you land on Clubhouse, it's a lot of noise. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of people that probably shouldn't have the platform at their fingertips and take advantage. So it's a lot of noise. So it, it is nice to be in spaces with like minded people. Um, and we appreciate people like you holding these spaces for those of us that just want a little bit of quiet. Just, <laughs> It's a, it's a really you, Angelica. Yeah, I'm all about creating safe spaces because that's something else too. Like the digital space can get a little aggressive and a little violent if you stumble into the wrong room where like microaggressions are happening or you're being gaslit or people are just saying offensive or trolly things because people get bored. They get on the internet and they take their issue out on people that haven't done anything to them. So I feel yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those apps if you can't find your space, just create it. Like, I love Mm -hmm. starting my own rooms because I can, you know, I can choose who gets to come up and speak. I can choose the the knowledge I want to um, digest in that moment. And then if somebody, you know, comes in and tries to disturb the space, I can kick them the, almost said a bad word, I can kick them out. (laughs) You can cuss on the the podcast, you can cuss. Oh, yeah, I can kick them the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, I so appreciate you and everything you're bringing to the table. Um, thank you for helping, you know, shine a light on the Lion King Clubhouse. It's so needed. And again, for holding these safe spaces, you're always welcome to come back on the podcast. You are amazing. Thank you, Icy. I think you're amazing. Thank you so much. I want to give you your roses. Thank you for asking me to join and to share this amazing work that they're doing. And like I said, I absolutely love Black Girl Nerds. It's been one of my favorite sites for years. So this is an amazing opportunity, especially being on the back end of things, you know. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so thank you you're again. Welcome. You're welcome. So while, before we go, I want you to share your socials with us or anything else you want to share regarding the Lion King and um, any of their socials. So shout out your Instagram, your Twitter, your clubhouse name. Let's go. Oh, absolutely. So my Instagram and my clubhouse and my Twitter name is Icy the Artist. That's I-C-Y-T-H-E-A-R-T-I-S-T. As far as the clubhouse event, um, if you did want to keep up with them, there's a club on Clubhouse. It's called the Lion King Musical. That isn't going to be the official name for the collective. They're still working that out because, of course, they're going to do more musicals other than the Lion King. But if you want right. to find them now, that is their name on Clubhouse. Um, and can I give their cash out? Uh, sure, absolutely. Because uh, they're not getting paid for this. So if you want to yeah, give their so, cash app for donation, so yes, if free. you want to give a love donation to the cast for all their hard work, their cash app is dollar sign Lion King CH. Okay, awesome. And of course, we are at Black Girl Nerds. Um, my personal, my Instagram is Angelica underscore the cool blurred. So Black Nerd blurred. Um, I'm Angie the cool nerd on Twitter. Um, at Black Girl Nerds for everything else. Um, and then Clubhouse, well, I have so many names. Like I'm gonna have to brand myself. I need you, Ice. I need to brand myself better and make everything the same. Um, on <laughs> on it Clubhouse, I, it does right. On Clubhouse, I am Angelica M two eight. So get at us on Clubhouse if you if you happen to get that invite, that golden ticket. Please feel free to reach out to us. Follow us. We'll be in there discussing. Icy, once again, thank you so much. And you guys, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Angelica. Bye-bye. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. 
The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.